2: Adiola Depo here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on Talksport Two, myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville.
0: This is Fight Night Extra on Talksport Two. If you
2: love your boxing and your mma then this is the show for you find an extra with myself adi ladipo and the great gareth a davis where we discuss all the latest from the world of combat sports today we're going to talk a bit of youtube boxing uh talk sport brought you live commentary of ksi versus face temper from a sold-out wembley arena where does crossover boxing though sit in the current boxing landscape so many fans seem to be annoyed by its presence but why Huge fight this weekend between Chris Ubain Jr. and Liam Smith. We're going to hear from both men and look ahead to the fight and also a stacked undercard too, featuring the likes of Joseph Parker, Richard Riappour, and Fraser Clark. Anthony Joshua looks to have found his new trainer. Derek James looks set to be his third coach in just 16 months. We'll discuss the impact he could have on the former world champion, who his next opponent is also likely to be uh, mentioned and named in a couple of weeks as well. And we're going to chat a bit of UFC too. Jon Jones will finally make his debut at heavyweight but not against Francis Ngannou after the champion was released from his contract. Look busy show as always don't go anywhere. This is Fight Night Extra on Talksport 2.
1: is is, is uh, what I would need. Uh, whether I come in at that or not is, you know, i have to wait and see. But I know my ability and I think that uh, I'm going to handle this man with, uh, with great ease.
3: I think Francis is in a place right now where he wants, he doesn't want to take a lot of risk. Feels like he's in a good position. We're, we're going to release him from his contract. We're going to give up our right to match and he can go everyone he wants and do whatever he
2: wants. Gareth A. Davis, you were at Misfits. You were there over Arena, Wembley. I saw you out and about interviewing everyone from um, the world of celebrities. Uh, Louis Farouk, Holly Willoughby was there as well. I saw Katie Price there. Um, you know, I was, I, was, I was there, I was, I was walking you know, around ringside and I was like, this is what boxing should be. It should be like um, an open market, if you like, for everyone to want to come and watch the wonderful sport that we love um i enjoyed it look we we i think me and you can separate quote-unquote real boxing from crossover boxing i think some can't but overall what did you make of the night in itself
0: well it was entertaining and you know Mm -hmm. we we know we're not watching uh the true heart of boxing it's it's uh a form of sports entertainment um as celebrity YouTubers, that's what it is. It is what it is. We, we don't paint it uh, as anything else. Obviously, you know, you're presenting on the DAZN platform. They've separated it, they're calling it Misfits for a reason. Um, you know, you could see all week what it was. There was a little man at the weigh in who double, <laughs> I did, did a double uh, leg takedown of, is it B Dave, one of the guys there? On, Dave, on the I like the way you're getting the names um, as well. Yeah, yeah. B. B. Well, yeah. I went to a press conference. I'm salt happy. Yeah uh yeah. looked very good i mean you know he actually looks quite talented as a south but i think he had a ton of amateur bouts he's a filipino loves manny pacquiao and do Donaire. his was there afterwards and all his family uh, they were all trying to get in the ring the security had to stop them ksi is a huge celebrity as you say louis Theroux was there he's he's, he's making a documentary i've got to meet louis several times now um he's fascinated by the boxing world and he's fascinated by ksi um you know, um uh Christian Guru Murthy was there from the the, the very well renowned journalist and broadcaster um from from the nightly news from I think Channel yeah. Four it is. Yeah. Um he was there with his kids. Holly, Holly Willoughby was there with her sons and her Crazy. beau it's, it's um, amazing. Yeah, but but they were all there. Louis got involved at the start because his son was interested in KSI. So for anyone that says, you know, this is ridiculous my generation's children are going to watch this and they're taking their parents along with them. The atmosphere was phenomenal. Average age is probably about 25 in the crowd. It was packed at seven o'clock and it was packed at 11 o'clock when KSI was on the walk-on stage. They're using an MMA style walk-on stage now as well, which has a lot of drama about it. Um, I've been Every day the anthems was fun. were were fantastic. The singing was amazing. The comportments of the people there was extraordinary. I got to meet some people I don't really know. RD, the DJ, little guy, very cool. <laughs> um, you know, who, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Jordan Banjo from yeah. from the dance group was a very cool guy. To chat with him, I went everywhere from 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 Derek chizora to 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 who was it? Um, Johnny Hedges to um, Johnny Fisher, yeah. loads of guys there. Michael Venom Page, yeah. Uh, Baby Slice, AJ McKee was there. Like these are really famous, like Baby Slice and AJ McKee, are MMA royalty. You know, MVPs. Yeah, exactly. Both their dads, extraordinary figures from the sport. Kimbo Slice, who really, actually, when you focus in on it. If these guys weren't, these, these misfits, these YouTubers weren't doing it under proper auspices um, on, on a broadcast, would be doing what Kimbo was doing at, around the back of McDonald's in Florida, in Miami, Florida, challenging other people to street fights. So you've got a combination of all these things. I have no objection to it. You put out a brilliant tweet today saying, what is it? And you suddenly got about 300 answers, didn't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, and the and the views were very balanced in there I thought Eddie
2: I thought so look you're going to get yeah, some that. that are still very against it Yeah, and I, I think reading their tweets they're almost against it because they feel like it's taken something away from the sport of boxing which it isn't as far as I'm concerned I think one tweet was very and I think one tweet was very sort of fair and it was like I I don't I don't really like it but what I don't want it to do is take away from the money that DAZN would have put in, in we putting into boxing, as in maybe the the figures they give Eddie Heard. I don't want that to take away from that. And I was like, it's not doing that. No. Um, what it's doing is putting eyeballs on the sport. I love and look. We go to so many boxing events. I love nothing more than to see a packed arena. I don't want to go to boxing events where until ten o'clock it's empty. I hate that, and it's difficult yeah. for me as a broadcaster, to get up for those events. You feel like you're in the
0: netherworld, don't you? You feel like you're in a world that is only surviving because of a couple of names. I I, so agree with you. And look, to the point where they step in the ring, it feels like professional boxing. When they step in the ring, it's very different. But you have to applaud an audience coming to the sport. You have to. I'd rather them do this, as I said on Saturday night on the broadcast, I would rather these young and becoming mainstream stars um, from the from the, the, the internet world, I'd rather them come and join our sports and influence all those young people watching them than I would them going to darts or Formula One or, or whatever there other sport go. it is, you know?
2: There you go. And let's, let's be blunt about this as well. It gives us work. We want to work. It gives us work as well. A lot of the journos, a lot of the boxing people as well. It gives us extra work. We go out there. They've opened doors for some people in terms of getting employment. But ultimately, boxing, I think, is the toughest sport in the world. They're giving it a real go. A lot of these guys are in great shape. Look at KSI. Fantastic shape. Yeah. I mean, look at him. Um, And it was interesting as well to speak to Idris Virgo, who fought for the first time, who opened the show, sorry. And this is a guy that's fought in front of a couple of hundred people, uh, behind closed doors, not getting paid much. He walked out to 13,000 people and couldn't believe it. Yeah, And I was like, are you doing it again? He's like, Absolutely.
0: Yeah.
3: So,
2: um, look, I, I think it's I think it's fantastic. They've got so many events planned all over the world, not just in the UK. Obviously, they've been doing stuff in the US, and um, long may it continue, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, I'm absolutely fine with it. And and you've got to go there to feel it first of all, feel the atmosphere. Kimbo Slice, uh, Baby Slice is going to get involved as well. He told me on Saturday night. Wow. He's lining up for a fight. Obviously, <laughs> he's an MMA guy, but he's coming into boxing. The key is that they get the matchmaking right in my view. Mm, yeah, that's yeah. that's key as well. Um and look, it may only have a limited shelf life. Um, it may not go on forever. But it wouldn't surprise me to see KSI, JJ, against Logan against Jake Paul, rather. He fought Logan Paul. I was there four years ago when yeah. Devin Haney and Billy Joe Saunders were on that card, Ryan Garcia was in the crowd, Justin Bieber, Lil Wayne, all these guys at Staple wow. Center. Eddie wow. Hearn was promoting it. It was on zone then. You know, I was out for a week working with William Hill on it. Um, it was a fascinating week. And since then, I just thought, yeah, there's an illusion of different forces mm. going on here. Um, it may not last forever, but it would not surprise me, Eddie, to see KSI against Jake Paul at Wembley Stadium this summer. I think could do it it's easy. big. I, I know. Do you not think it could fill out Wembley? I do it could. think it easy. could. And so monetarily... Um, in terms of a spectacle, in terms of an entertainment that involves our sport, I can see it happening.
2: Yeah, no, certainly it can. I guess the question, I guess, that Zone and um, and Callie Sowland and Mams Taylor, who are behind it, need to kind of answer is what happens when KSI walks away. Is there still going to be a lot of legs in it? Is it just built up because of Jake Paul and KSI? Do we see enough emerging stars to continue its growth beyond KSI?
0: Well, i I think, I think when it started, a lot of the other, you know, what's kind of four years ago it started. A lot of the yeah. other mainstream U- YouTube stars and and DJs and all, you know got all kinds of adult entertainment stars, OnlyFans, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and OnlyFans stars. Is it? Were in yeah, it as that's well correct. Saturday that is night. correct. Yep. I mean, El Brooke won on Saturday night she against did. a woman like six inches, eight inches tall, in her, and weirdly. The fact she's training with Ebony Bridges and um, Jimmy and uh, Mark Tibbs, who are really the oldest school you could get in <laughs> yeah. in boxing. I mean, if you want to look at peculiar collaborations, weirdly, she's- How, got, how crazy is that one? It yeah. is, but she's probably out of all of them there on Saturday night, got the best opportunity to cross over into real boxing if she gets any better. Because Agreed. there probably is a there is a space for her to to get involved in women's boxing if she gets a lot better because she's there training day in, day out, sparring with Ebony Bridges. Look, it's a different space we were in on Saturday night, very different to Manchester and Chris Eubank and Liam Smith that we're going to go on to in a minute and all those big names that are fighting. It's a different space. Let's see how long it lasts. I'm just really pleased that it's regulated in the right way. It Mm. It will probably have its shelf life, but right now, as Louis Theroux told me, on Saturday night, I'd never thought I'd be saying this on our show, as Louis Theroux told me on Saturday night, I'm spending loads of time around KSI JJ and he's absolutely obsessed with boxing, he's addicted to it and you can see it in him physically you know? Yeah,
2: he loves it he loves it, got interviewed by Big Zoo on the night and again, I just love walking around and seeing all the the new faces that I thought would never be interested in boxing, there watching people fight and I think uh, long may, as I say, long may it continue. Um, real boxing, if you like, this weekend. Eubank uh, versus Liam Smith. Everyone's going to make their way up to Manchester live on Boxer Pay-Per-View. It's a, for me, it's a 50-50 scrap. Really looking forward to this one. It's a fight we all thought wouldn't happen because, obviously, Eubank-Ben situation. But I don't know. It's worked out now. It's worked out well for both. Eubank's stock's really high. Smith stock's really high. And it really is a fantastic fight to kick off the boxing here in the UK this
0: year. Oh, absolutely! It's a brilliant uh, uh, event. I don't. I'm I'm going to be honest about this. I don't think it's it's worthy of a pay per view event. It's boxing proper. It's a it's a phenomenally fascinating matchup, particularly because Chris Eubank Jr. I think was going into a pretty much a gimme uh, against Conor Ben in my view, Um, Mm -hmm. and yet he's got a real a real beefy. battler against him on Saturday night in Manchester, in, in Liam Smith.
2: Pause what you're going to say, because okay. we are going to talk Eubank Smith a bit later. We're going to chat about Anthony Joshua as well, new trainer, possible new opponent being announced as well for April, and we're obviously going to talk UFC. John Jones returning, Francis Ngarno leaving. Alright, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Uh, up next, we are going to be talking Eubank Jr. versus Liam Smith this weekend, and we're going to hear from both men as well
0: towards the final 30 seconds. Williams just put down on his backside there, walked straight onto a straight left hand, I think from Eubank, just as he was looking to throw his own left. And this first round has been turned on its head. Liam Williams was nicking it, and now he's going to lose it 10-8. Eubank is stepping to him here, right towards the end of the round, Williams is wrapping him up and looking
1: to hold on. 50% is is, is uh, what I would need. <laughs> uh, whether I come in at that or not is, you know, you might have to wait and see. But I know my ability and I think that uh, I'm going to handle this man with uh, with great ease.
3: I can't give you me honest reaction. Uh, it's because it's just, uh, you
2: know, I'm not the way to describe it, but... I take it with a pinch of salt. I take a lot a lot of what Chris says with a pinch of salt, really. You know, he's not stupid. He's a clever man. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Myself, Adil Ladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis as well. Big fight this weekend. Really big fight. Chris Eubank Jr. versus Liam Smith. A fight that has been in the works for about a year and a half, a couple of years. Uh, Liam Smith fought in leaving the zone and going to box that he was walking in to the Eubank fight. Eubank decided otherwise and wanted to fight Conor Ben. That didn't happen and now Eubank is on the collision course with Liam Smith and it really is a mouth fight. It takes place in Manchester. It is on pay-per-view. We might discuss whether it should be on that or not. Before me and Gareth get into it, let's hear uh, from Chris Eubank Jr. Um, he spoke here about, you know, the Liam Smith fight, but also still wanting in the Ben fight someday as well. Of course, it is a fight that will always be of interest to me.
1: Um, whether it's a year from now or 10 years from now, we will, we will share the ring at some point um you know he's lost all his privileges there is no uh there's there's not going to be any rehydration clauses and and crazy weights I have to make the the ball is fully in my court now he's he's lost all that after what he did I'm in a strange position where you know my head you know as a businessman and as a fighter my my head says you know I want to fight him ASAP you know I want to I want to give the fans what they want I want to you know, I want a big payday. I want a high-profile fight, and you know, I want the entertainment, and the excitement of that, and the and the legacy behind the name. So that's what my head says. My heart says he should be banned. You know, he mm. should get, he should get, you know, he should get made. He should there should be a, an example made of him, so that we you know we, um, you know, the kids coming up, uh, you know, understand what what happens if you fail drugs tests. You know,
2: Christian Ben Junior there, confident, arrogant as always. Some may say. Uh still harbors ambitions about that Conor Ben fight, but look, full eyes and everything needs to be focused on Saturday because in front of him, I think if he gets the win on Saturday, it'll be his biggest win, so I think this is bigger than James the Girl and anything he's uh beaten other than James the girl. I think this is his biggest win if he gets it on Saturday Gareth
0: um yeah, like you say, um it's the you know you have to go back um I thought Matt Korobov, you could say was a decent victory. Yeah, it
2: um, ended early, didn't it? Because of Korobov's injury.
0: Yeah, Arthur Abraham was a decent victory. Um, he, listen, he's, he hasn't got massive names on his record. That's- and it's he had a Billy Jones saunders early, which he lost, of course. But they were both very young. Um, but, you know, he's been chasing Golovkin. He's been chasing Canelo. He hasn't got those big big fights. He lost to George Grove in a brilliant fight in Manchester, I was there on the night uh, working it live. This is, a, this is a huge fight for him. Um, he could have fought Callum Smith at one point, of course, mm-hmm. um, when they were both yeah. in the super middleweight division. And Liam kind of digs into him a little bit, that you, you always avoided my brother. He's a very smart man. Um, he, he's lived on the principle and his father, Chris Eubanks Sr., said all those years ago, it's a mugs game. You get in, you get as much as you can, you get out. He's a very wealthy man um, from being very clever in his career. It's a fantastic matchup. As I say, I'm not sure whether it's a pay per view fight. Mm. Um, having said that, when is you've it got. Is a pay per view card? Yes, I think it probably is. But when you've got Richard Riatapur and Christoph Glavacki, Joseph Parker against Jack Massey, who's, who's uh, dropping his uh, scaffolding tubes to come <laughs> and fight at, at not cruiserweight, but heavyweight against Parker. Um, I think the fight of the night may well be Aku Esserman and Chris Congo. Yeah. Um, that's a fantastic yeah. matchup between the unbeaten Essen and Congo, who I like both men. Uh they're both brilliant welterweights. I think it's gonna be a phenomenal fight. But um, you know, it's one of those ones where a lot of a lot of people are picking uh Liam Smith because Chris Eubank's underestimating his technical boxing abilities. Now, um Eubank is naturally the bigger he's, when he think he's fought up middleweight and super middleweight, and the fact that Smith has done his best work at light middleweight, if you're fair to him. Yeah. Um, you know, Eubank's the bigger, stronger um fighter, but probably not technically as good as Liam Smith. No, so that could give Eubank problems. And I get people picking um Smith to win this fight, but I think Eubank is good at going up the levels. He's always in phenomenal shape. He lives the life. And I just I think I've got a feeling he might just pip this on points on Saturday night. In a, in, a, in a fascinating fight where both men, um, as Chris told me, will have to kind of duck and bob and weave in close and and go to the well in many ways in this contest. And Smith clearly doesn't like Eubank. I watched the gloves are off with Johnny Nelson and there's a great energy and an electricity between the two men.
2: Yeah, yeah, Eubank has a way of winding up all of the Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> we saw it with Ben. Uh, we've seen it with Liam Williams. He just, he's fantastic. You're always going to lose... Those gloves are off face-off moments with him because he's so good with his words. Let's hear from Liam Smith. Um, look, uh, probably um, Liam Smith, potentially biggest win of his career as well, if he gets it. But he's thinking about what happens if he doesn't get it as well.
0: It'd be a long, long, long road
1: back.
2: Um, a loss at 34 years of age. What I want to be in for, I want to be in the
3: boxing for a fight like this or a challenge for a world title, and a lost put putting miles away from either. So, like I can say, I, I'm not going to ruin my career, what I've had for 14, 15 years, by staying on, th- staying on too long and losing to people
2: I shouldn't lose to. Uh, Liam Smith there, again, as confident as Chris Ubane Jr. It's interesting that he says, look, if he loses, there's no way back for him. And I, I just wonder if that puts extra pressure on him. I wonder if it adds as a motivation. He said something similar in the lead-up to his fight with Anthony Fowler, and he dug deep and got the job done there. Um, I'm I'm in the camp of sort of favouring Liam Smith in this yeah. one. I'm I'm very much what have you done for me lately? And I think Liam Smith's wins against Anthony Fowler and and Vargas in America, um, I, I think they're better wins than Marcus Morrison and uh, Liam Williams. I, I really do. But like you say, Eubank is the bigger of the two, um, possibly the fresher of the two as well. I think that's fair. He starts really fast, but then he seems to have a bit of a nosedive, there's Eubank. And if Liam Smith can sort of be there in and around the halfway stage of the fight, I think he's got a chance to come on good. But again, it's the kind of fight we want. People are split on it. And that's what we want in boxing. Really good 50-50 matchups. You know, when you look at the undercard, Gareth, uh, you mentioned Chris Congo, Echo Usman. Anything else sort of stand out for you? Reactor maybe going to world level against Slovakia?
0: Oh, yeah, that's a very big fight for Richard Riakbour against the former world champion at Cruiserweight. Massive opportunity for him to make a statement, as Lauren Sacoli and I think, was it Maris Bradis did against Glavacki or certainly he got stopped by a couple of guys. Um, I yeah. think uh it's it's a key fight for him. He's looked very good in recent performances. I have a lot of faith in the big Adonis. Um mm. I think it's a phenomenal story. Um obviously. Uh, with it being under Boxer and Sky Sports and Lawrence Acoli having been signed by them. Chris Billum-Smith coming off, off a phenomenal knockout. All three of those guys, obviously, Lawrence Acoli already the WBO champion, obviously mm-hmm. splitting with Eddie Ernie, coming to bench along Boxer and Sky. There's a great triumvirate there of of guys that they can match. Obviously, I think I think Billum-Smith said he could never fight Acoli because they're too close in, yeah. in, in terms of friendship terms. Uh, in, in, the, um, in the Shane McGuigan training stable, obviously, if Coney's moved on, but they're too close to fight. Um, they've done too many rounds together uh, as friends and sparring partners. Um, yeah, massive opportunity for, for React Corps uh, to make a statement. And maybe for Jack Massey. To, I mean, yeah. what a shock that would be if he could beat former WBO heavyweight champion Joseph Parker. I don't think he will. But as it, long as but, that you know fight's there, it's entertaining.
2: Yeah, I, I had Ben Shalom in the TalkSport studios a couple of weeks ago talking about that fight, and I was like, the risk-reward for Joseph Parker here is just crazy. There's no reward. I mean, look, the reward's always a W, right? You get a W, you get paid, you get an outing, right? You fight. That's the reward, I guess. But no one's going to give him many plaudits for beating Jack Massey. The risk here is massive. You lose to Massey, and they're going to be saying that's that. They're going to be saying the Joe Joyce fight took too much out of you. For Massey, it's... What an opportunity. I mean, what an opportunity to gate crash the world scene, move up from cruiserweight to heavyweight, take on someone that was a staple as a top 10 heavyweight and potentially cause an upset. I think this is a really, really quick turnaround for Joseph Parker. He took a beating that night from Joe Joyce and I'm surprised he's out so quick. They've tried to go a bit easy with Massey. That could be their undoing for Massey. What an opportunity.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a huge opportunity for Jack one smack Massey you know um he's, he's he's a fantastic guy i had him on the show a couple of weeks ago uh, on saturday night on Talk sport he's a great character um and and like you say this is this is one of those he said i couldn't say no to it he's i'm up against a former world champion a guy that is, is spoken about because he's up there training with tyson fury and more companies mm-hmm. literally like an adopted brother isn't he of tyson fury's in the mix this is a guy that went 12 rounds against Anthony Joshua and looked very comfortable. Um, he went 12 rounds with Andy Ruiz and looked comfortable. You've got to give him his plaudits for stepping up and taking this. I don't think he wins. I think Joseph is a very comfortable fighter uh, yeah. in the office, in the square circle. And and I think it's probably uh, a six, seven, eight round job for Joseph Parker. I think he probably stops Jack in, in this fight. But I, I've got eyes on, like I could say... Um, but Fraser Clark, I think, gets rid of Kevin Espindola, uh, quite simply. Seven wins, six losses. Fraser Clark moving on to five wins. Fraser really needs to up his game a little bit. But my eyes will be on what Eubank can do here. Because as we throw forward, Addy, Chris has already told me that he's going to fight Conor Ben this year. And it's going to be 160 pounds at middleweight. Eddie Hearns pushing it out there. I, I contacted a Mauricio Suleiman. In, in La Ciudad de México, in Mexico City, a few hours ago to ask him what's happening with this 270-page report submitted uh, by Conor Benn's legal team over his two positive tests for clomiphene, particularly for the one in July with the WBC Cares program. Mauricio told me, hold your breath. No, he can't speak about it because it's under legal jurisdiction. I know that. I I know. You nearly fell off your chair then, didn't you? Honestly, but the fi- I-
2: like for those for those listening, I, I kind of put my head forward into my mic. Like, go on, are you going to tell me something that we don't know? And um but, look,
0: I, it's just- I, but what I'll say is this: that is going to come to a resolution pretty soon. And if Conor Ben is exonerated and they do find a contaminated substance uh that it's contaminated rather the the test, and he does get through that, expect Conor Ben to be back this summer against Chris Eubank Jr. That fight will happen as long as he's as long as Ben's got a license. Because I tell you what, that's a bigger fight now than it was on October the 8th last year. Yeah, Everyone look, both, would be crowding to watch it.
2: Yeah, look, both still want it. And if you're UBain Jr., the best thing to have right now at this stage of your career is options. And he's got options. Whether yeah. it's Conor Ben, UBain Jr., Jamal Charlo, there's options out there for Ubain Jr. He's stock right now is as high as it's ever been, I think, in his career. All right, still to come, look, we're going to chat the latest news uh, from the UFC. Francis Ngannou has been released and we have a huge fight coming to London this year as well. And the return of the great man, for me, the greatest MMA fighter of all time, John Jones. But up next, though, what impact could Anthony Joshua's new trainer have on the former world champion? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mid Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Myself, Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. Let's dive straight into this one, uh, Gareth. I want to get your... Initial take on the news that Anthony Joshua could be fighting either Jermaine Franklin or Dempsey McKean. I want to start with Jermaine Franklin first, I and mean, UK uh, viewers and listeners would, would know that's the guy that recently fought Dillian White. Um, controversial win, some may say, for Dillian White, but the end, Dillian White did get the W. What do you make of that one? AJ fighting someone that Dillian White just recently beaten? What do you make well, of that first? I
0: think it makes more sense, Addie. I think he's ranked 25 or 27 in the world's. But he gave dillian a tough night i was there live reporting writing on it on the night for the telegraph um it was a very interesting fight i had dillian just pepping it in the last few rounds Mm -hmm. um he looked very lackluster and slothful that night without being rude about um dillian i'm sure he wasn't about dillian yeah he didn't he didn't look his best no Um,
2: he he wasn't no no no.
0: yeah um you know it it was a sluggish performance i mean i'm not trying to critique him I, i mean he no, it's true. Him. What
2: you're saying is fact. It was, it was yeah. a bad performance from Dillian. But yeah. I do
0: think he eked out a victory. Um, and, but Jermaine Franklin showed a lot of heart and a lot of spirits, a lot of courage in that fight. Um, but I don't think he landed the heavier punches. Um, I think it's a good opponent for Anthony Joshua. He, he's a right-handed fighter. He's an orthodox fighter rather than the southpaw, which Dempsey McKean is the Australian. who's ranked 52 in the world. I'd much, uh, that, the, the soundings, the, the rumours on the street... Where Joshua was going to fight McKean, first of all, the unbeaten Southpaw Australian. Um, but I'm glad that it switched closer to being Jermaine Franklin. That's the talk right now. It's not until about April the 1st, April, something like that, that yeah. they're going to have the fight. So there's time for that opponent to be changed again. But I think that's a good opponent for him. And I I wrote a column on Sunday in the Sunday Telegraph saying that after 12 world fight, title fights in a row since 2016, Anthony Joshua deserves a break. He deserves a gimme. He deserves a four or five round knockout. Um, In this age of impatience, where everyone's got an opinion on social media, this is the way it used to work. If one of the big names had a loss, they would rebuild. And there's nothing wrong with him rebuilding. If they are looking at a July fight with, with Dillian White in a big stadium, take it to the O2, sell out the place. He's still got a big draw. Um, Give him time, give him confidence, and that's what he needs because we saw that shattered in many ways in that second Alexander Usyk fight last August.
2: Yeah, I'm so happy you said that. Obviously, look, you've you've covered the sport of boxing for over two decades, and you've seen a lot in terms of what goes on after a defeat and sort of the fights that are are being made. And obviously, you can see it now where there is impatience from fight fans where they just want to see you in immediately with like a top five fighter. I don't know if it's the UFC thing that's caused this, because obviously UFC, you don't get that gimme, do you? You're straight in there with killer after killer. But boxing is a completely different model. After a defeat, you are allowed, if you like, a a gimme, as you say, a rebuild fight. And as as much as I want to see AJ go in there with someone maybe a bit more riskier than Jermaine Franklin, I'm with you. I think AJ does deserve a bit of a blowout. and. I think Jermaine Franklin would give him some rounds. I think we saw that he's got decent feet, decent hands, but ultimately AJ should knock him out, and, and I don't mind that. If AJ is going to have three fights this year, and that's what they're saying, whether or not it's true, or I don't know. But if he's going to have three fights, I don't mind one of those three being "quote unquote" a gimme, and the other yeah. two being like you know top ten difficult fights. I, I don't mind it. I think boxing fans now have come. I don't know what it is. It's almost now, now, now. Me growing up and watching fights in the 80s and the 90s, everyone had a gimme. It was yeah. just almost common practice. Now it seems as though fight fans don't accept that.
0: Well, Mike Tyson got Peter McNeely. Do you remember when he came out after the two Donovan Razor Ruddock fights? He went to obviously went to prison. if He fought Peter McNeely. Obviously, Anthony Joshua hasn't been to prison. Uh, look, Lennox Lewis came back in avenged a defeat against the same guys he'd lost to twice, and that was remarkable. But I spoke to Bob Arum as well in the last few days, and when he had Ali, when Ali had lost to uh, Joe Frazier uh, in um, at the Madison Square Garden in 1971, he had a few gimmies. He, I think he yeah. fought, I think he fought ten times in '73 and '74, something like that, um, or '72 wow. and seven. Yeah, six times one year, four the next. '72 and '72, or '73 and '74. Recorded it with Bob the other day. It'll come out in a few days' time, um, and. Even the great Muhammad Ali had some easy fights, you know, mm. just keeping him warm every couple of months. He thoroughly deserves it. There's, there's, there's an appetite of impatience around it Like you say, I think it may well be influenced by the UFC, but Big AJ needs his confidence back. He's gone seeking, as you say, a third trainer in 16 months. We'll talk about that in a minute, I'm sure. Um, and I'd like to see him get back to, to what it feels like physically to dominate and knock someone out. And yeah. then it's a perfect lead into the Dillian White fight in the summer. Ditto, Dillian White needs a victory, I think. I hope he has another fight and another victory before they meet in July because they'll try and put it on in a big stadium, I think.
2: Yeah, I, I, you know, we might see, it. I've said this as well, in terms of trying to sell the Dillian White fight, and I know DAZN like to spread their fighters over different cards. Why can't we see Dillian White versus Dempsey McKean on the undercard? of AJ versus uh, Jermaine Franklin. I don't know why we can't see it on the same night. I mean, Dylan White should be able to go again in April. I don't think he was injured after that recent fight. So it'll be interesting to see what both of them do. But hopefully hopefully we get an announcement about AJ and that opponent in the next sort of few weeks or so. Um, I do think fans are not going to be happy. I'm just telling you what I can see on social media. You probably see it as well. Um, But look, it is what it is. 12 world title fights back to back. I think someone mentally, and we saw it, in Saudi Arabia. Mentally, he needs a bit of a break, I I think. And um, I think a Jermaine Franklin type is a good name. A solid top 20, top 25 opponent um, that will bring some sort of, I don't know, skill set to the ring. But I think AJ in the end will will be uh, good enough. I want to ask you about the the trainer situation. We're hearing it's going to be Derek James. Um, AJ did go and visit that camp before he chose Robert Garcia. So I do... I'd like to know why he chose Robert Garcia after visiting Derek James. But look, he goes to Derek James, potentially. Derek James, for those listening that don't know who he is, 2017 um, Trainer of the Year, trains the likes of uh, Jamel Charlo and Errol Spence, two very, very aggressive fighters. So stylistically, that could be very good for AJ. Um, But I thought AJ looked quite good against Usyk. Or maybe... I'm missing something. I thought AJ looked good against Usyk. I think maybe there's something going on behind the scenes here. I thought another few camps of Robert Garcia would have been good, but ultimately he leaves Robert and it looks like he's going to go with Derek. What do you make of it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, look, I've known Robert Garcia a while. He's a great trainer. He's a very calm man. Maybe they just didn't get on perfectly behind yeah. the scenes. I, yeah. I agree with you. That was an improved Anthony Joshua against Alexander Usyk last year. I was out there live. I saw it live. Mm. It was around AJ during the fight week and the build-ups to it all. He's very frustrated with himself because he doesn't have that that little bit of boxing IQ at the top level of technical ability. I I, I thought had that as a... I don't care what anyone says. I had it 5-4 or 5-all after 10 rounds and it was nicked by Usyk in the last couple of rounds by clever boxing skills and a great night of boxing for AJ. I mean, I think he could be proud of himself. That's why Spencer Oliver and I said to him at the press conference, be proud of that performance. Yeah, Even though he threw the belts and he threw his toys out of the pram little way and he had tears and emotion. I remember there were about eight members of his family standing right behind me and I was saying to them, that is an improved Anthony that we saw there. But maybe Robert wasn't perfectly fitted for him. I mean, Robert's been very magnanimous, actually. Um, I've seen in interviews that he thinks Derek James might be able to do good things with him. Yeah. Errol Spence and the Charlo twins have all come out and said, obviously, they're all world champions, come out and said, Derek will be great for him mentally. He's going to go over to Dallas, Texas, we understand, to train with them over there, away from prying eyes. He hasn't got his mental, psychological scaffolding of being at Loughborough or Sheffield where he was with Rob McCracken, Robert McCracken for all those years. I think it'll do him good. I think the shackles are off him. Five yeah. more fights in his career, I think he's done. But let's have these two good fights now. Dillian White and whoever it is, Jermaine Franklin, Demetri McKean, whoever it is, Franklin will give him issues. Franklin has got desire, by the way. We saw that against Dillian White. When that big fella starts pounding people, I'm talking about AJ, he hits very, very hard. And I want to see him in a big fight early next year and late this year. Dillian against, um, after Dillian White, if he beats Dillian, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder or Joe Joyce. And I want to see him fight all three of them, if if possible, because I think those are the five fights that end his career.
2: Yeah, and fantastic. I couldn't have summed it up any better than that. All right, next up we're going to switch gears and chat some UFC. Francis and released from his contract, has set up a debut for John Jones at heavyweight. but how will the great man get on?
0: the show Oh my goodness like that, gracious not last! A lot of people burning up Mick Maynard's phone to try to get a matchup with Ngannou! Oh! goes the ream!
2: Francis Engano has oh. arrived! Whoa! That's what we were talking about, ladies and gentlemen.
3: We're going to release him from his contract. We're going to give up our right to match. And he can go wherever he wants and do whatever he wants.
2: Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on Talk Sport 2. Myself, Adi Oladipo, uh, the great Gareth a. Davis. All right, time to talk some UFC. Uh, a lot's happened in the last couple of weeks. The big news, though, in the last 48 hours is that Francis Ngarno has been released. He's been let go by the UFC out of his contract. Where he'll end up, we'll discuss next. And John Jones will return to fight Cyril Garn for the heavyweight title in March. Massive, massive news. Let's first hear from Dana White, who's confirmed why the UFC have let
3: Francis and leave. We've been working on a new agreement with Francis for like two years now. And uh, we had gotten to a point where, uh, you know, he was going to fight Jon Jones and many, many who believe, including me, that he's the best of all time, um, you know, for, for, for the heavyweight championship. And John Jones has been willing and ready and able to fight anybody. He didn't care who it was. Could have been anybody in the heavyweight division. He was ready to go. Um, and Francis, we, we offered Francis a deal that would have made him the highest paid heavyweight in the history of the company. More than Lesnar, more than anybody. Um, and he turned the deal down. So, you know, I, I don't know. You know, we, we get to this point where I, I've told you guys this before. If you don't want to be here. You don't have to be here, uh, you know. I think Francis is in a place right now where he wants; he doesn't want to take a lot of risk. Feels like he's in a good position um, where he could fight lesser opponents and and make more money. So we're gonna we're gonna let him do that. We're, we're gonna release him from his contract. We're gonna give up our right to match, and he can go wherever he wants and do whatever he wants. Um, and uh, yeah, that's where we're
2: at. Dana White there talking about Francis Ngannou. He mentioned stuff as well in that interview that they've offered him as much as they have could. They have offered, they would have made him the highest paid heavyweight in the history of the company, more than Brock Lesnar. Uh, that wasn't enough for Francis Ngannou. who's decided, you know, enough's enough with the company. Um, whether or not he will go to the PFL, there's rumors about him fighting the likes of Derek Chisora in boxing. I want to focus, if we can, though, first, Gareth, on the fact that Francis Ngannou, the UFC heavyweight champion, has decided to walk away from the number one MMA organization in the world. How damaging is that for the UFC?
0: Well, it's always been an uneasy relationship, hasn't it? I mean, he's got all the credentials for an amazing narrative and incredible stories. He's so popular with the fans. Mm. I'm a little bit mystified by all this. And, And listen, it's no secret that He hasn't got on, or his negotiators, his team haven't got on that well with Dana White, and they haven't got the right deals for him uh, along the line. I wonder, Eddie, whether he's being tempted away now by things like the PFL doing Professional Fighters League, doing 50-50 pay-per-view events for their names. I could easily see him going there this year, because you could match him against so many heavyweights out there, and people will watch it, because Francis is box office. I'm very surprised... Um, I think it's a nosedive for the UFC they should have done everything they could do to keep Francis Garnu, especially as John Jones is stepping up to heavyweight uh, this incredible guy who I believe John Jones belongs on the Mount Rushmore of MMA for all his failings as well which we can delve into over two hours we could take over (laughs) that um, for his failed drug tests and his misdemeanor charges and his going AWOL and all these kind of things it's a mystery to me and I think it's a massive loss and a massive travesty but it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him end up in the pfl
2: yeah i mean i was thinking about dana white in the ufc today i did a video on my youtube channel talking about john jones and, and his return and i was thinking about sort of i was looking down the roster of stars they had five years ago and it was ronda rousey it was john jones it was conor mcgregor coming into his peak it was brock lesnar um, it was just, it was Nate Diaz were there. Both Diaz brothers were there, in fact. And it was just, it felt like it was pay per view sort of needle movers all over the place. Like yeah. people that were touching a million pay per view buys. I look at the roster now, and I think Hamzat could eventually do something special. Izzy, I'm not quite sure. Obviously, Kamara Usman got beat by Leon Edwards. They're struggling to, to kind of unearth or birth that new star. And that's something they've never had a problem with doing over the last few years, because it felt like there was just conveyor belt of stars. And I wonder if that's the reason why they're so desperate to get John Jones back. They've tied him down to an eight fight contract. He's all of a sudden the best fighter that Dana White's ever seen. They're struggling, aren't they? A little bit, the UFC.
0: Look, Hadley, you said earlier I've been in boxing two decades. It's thirty-two years this year actually. Oh, and wow. in MMA in MMA is two decades. I go back to, you know, two thousand and four, two thousand and five. And I worked on ESPN years ago as the, as the thing grew from the internet sport that it was onto mainstream television. Mm. Obviously, the internet has been has powered and empowered the UFC. Six years ago, I mean, I, I worked on TV broadcasts when John Jones, as a light heavyweight, remember I covered this kid's career. He was in my car one day for three hours in a traffic jam with Malki Kawa, his manager, um, Thiago Alves and Vanderlei Silva stuck in the back, all crammed together in the back of my car. Wait, as we was dr- that when
2: there was an exhibition at yeah. the uh, what at arena was it in London? The
0: Olympia. Olympia,
2: Olympia. yes. And
0: there and was a traffic jam, and I was driving them all to the O2 Arena for the fight. We had to park the car and get on a tube, and and we were crammed in with loads of fans. We couldn't get over. We got couldn't get through the um the tunnel. Yeah, um. So we got on a tube. I parked a canary. I've got on a tube. I'm not joking, there were a thousand fans in literally one carriage all trying to squeeze up against these guys. I I was there when he beat Shogun Hua, Rampage Jackson, Lyoto Machida, Rashad Evans, Vita Belfort six years ago to, to pin a to 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 pin what you were just saying as well. I wrote a massive piece for Fighters Only magazine saying, look if John Jones turned heavyweight now. There's ten million dollar pay-per-view events. Frank Mir, Josh Barnett, Junior Dos Santos, Andre Orlovsky, Kane Velasquez, Fabricio Verdun. There was also Mark Hunt, Travis Brown, and Ben Rothwell. A- he A- Alistair Overeem. And Alistair Overeem. Imagine that's about 13 names, yeah? That, if, imagine him fighting on an eight fight deal, eight of those guys. I, I, exactly. Exactly. Now, you put out a, a very interesting tweet. I don't often respond to tweets. <laughs> I, I wrote nonsense. Let's, let's discuss this. it on Tuesday. Let's do this. Right, to finish the show. Yeah, I believe he is outside, in, in my time, covering guys live. As I say, he belongs on the Mount Rushmore of MMA, Anderson Silva, um, the great George St. Pierre, um, John Jones, and Randy and... Couture, are the four that I've watched live. I can throw BJ Penn. And... I thought you might throw Mighty Mouse in there, but okay, BJ yeah, is. Yeah, but him. no, it's those, it's those guys. Yeah. And and I, re- I remember vividly writing that column six years ago thinking, oh, my God, ev- almost every one of those heavyweights I mentioned would probably have done with John Jones a million pay-per-view buys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I didn't throw Brock Lesnar in there either, by the way. Yeah. John Jones versus Brock Lesnar. All these kind of fights. John is a very special athlete. You said 37 months away, yeah? Mm-hmm. Can he really put on 40, 45 pounds and do what it takes at heavyweight? I think he can because the guys now are Cyril Gain, Stipe Miocic, Sergei Pavlovich, Curtis Blades, Ty Tuivaza, Tumiv- Tom Asville, Derek Lewis, Alexander Volkov, listen. Three out of eight of those might beat John just on size, but they are not the names that were there six years ago. Of course not, no. You know?
2: They're not, and I And they're not the
0: skill sets that were there six years ago, either.
2: Cyril Garn, I I disagree with. I think he's very, very skilled. I I know he didn't look great against Francis Ngarno, but I think he, he had something. And as you say, I mean, one thing John had in favor of him against any other light heavyweight up until maybe he fought Gustafsson uh, Gustafsson, sorry, was um he was bigger than them all. Yeah, he was just bigger, like just so much bigger than all of them. He's reach, he's length, he's height. A- against Sirogan, he's the same size, and he's been out for three years. And look, yeah. let's be honest, Gareth, you know him personally. I love John. John's not the type of person to live like a nun for three years. John's been abusing his body, and he admitted that in many interviews that he used to get stone cold drunk, do cocaine. And still kick ass. And congratulations. Mm. You can do that in your 20s. It will catch up to you in your 30s. And John Jones' last couple of fights for me, I think we saw it slowly starting to catch up with him. Can you be out of the octagon, as good as he is, can you be out of the octagon for three years and still come back and kick butt? I hope he can. Because I love him just like... I think it's the one person that we both love equally. Like almost a tug of war of love against him. Because I love him as well. Yeah. I just don't know if he can do it after three years out I really don't I well, want him to prove me wrong
0: Well after responding to you on, on the Twitter sphere on, on Saturday morning I, I looked back as well and like you rightly say Anthony Smith, Thiago Santos, Dominic Reyes all five round fights mm. didn't look amazing in them no. um, obviously Alex Gustafsson before that and, and Alex isn't what he was when they fought in Montreal in 2013 I think it was Montreal, Toronto wherever it was in Canada I was there I remember working for BT Sports on that one. But it was one of the greatest fights I've ever seen live, by the way. Uh, that first fight between him oh, and Gustafson. incredible. Afternoon. Unbelievable. and oh, back elbow to change the fight in the fourth oh, round. <laughs> and both men literally out on their feet for the last five minutes. Wow. wow. Um, you know, Gustafson showing the And heart how many the years ago life. was that? That was 10 years ago. See? See? 10 years ago.
2: He, he, he was... The crossover style that the UFC begged to have before yeah, Conor, yeah, like literally yeah. had everything—good looking, char- yeah, charisma. I remember, yeah. he got the Nike sponsorship when Nike weren't yeah. really invested in the sport, yeah. And then it just went down. Like he could, he—he he should son be in on man. 100 million right now. He's a right son now. of
0: a preacher man as well, isn't
2: he? Yeah. yeah, look at his brothers—how talented they were in the NFL.
0: Yeah, John Jones
2: yeah. should have 100 million dollars in the bank right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. It should be one of the greatest stars we've ever seen yeah. in fight sports. Yeah. I didn't finish my sentence sorry, earlier. Sorry. I'm, no, 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 it was down to me. I'm very verbose tonight. I'm not giving you a look in. Uh, apart from people <laughs> like Floyd Mayweather, who's the greatest I've seen live in this era with the likes of Anderson Silva. Um, and I just think, you know, I've got faith in John. I don't know whether I'm having a heart-over-head moment here and maybe that, you know, you're just thinking through it kind of coldly, you know, with a cold stone, <laughs> stone cold hand. You know, but, but maybe you're right. The proof will be in the pudding when he steps in there against yeah. Garn. And if he beats Garn, oh. I don't think there's there's Miocic. I'd like to see that Miocic's got good hands. Mm. What do we need to see from Jones? Has he got speed with four, the same speed and dexterity with mm. 45 more pounds on him? Wow. He isn't. Uh, he isn't an elusive kind of fighter either. And if one punch changed it in heavyweight boxing. A jab can change it in MMA in heavyweights with those four-ounce gloves. So John gets hit. He gets hit. John gets You're hit. You're right. So John he doesn't beat a all lot. 10 Don't of those now that we mentioned. He mm. might get beaten by three out of eight of them. Tell but you. he's done it five years too late for me. That I, I agree with It's Five years too late. We've missed out on so many. Look,
2: we even missed out on the Izzy fight at light heavyweight. Yeah. That could have happened, and that would have been a million pay-per-view buys. Yeah. Yeah, He's missed out on so long. And I, I agree, it's five years too late. That jump to heavyweight should have been ages ago. Yeah. I mean, if Daniel Cormier could come down and go up and do what he did. Like, Daniel Cormier is a double champ over John. Like, John Jones should have been double champ years ago. Oh, that's a shame. It really is. Yeah, but look, I, I, know. I don't want to shed no tears over the great man. At least he's back. And we've also got confirmation as well very quickly that Leon Edwards will take on Kamara Usman, London, which I think is fantastic. March 18th. That's a big one. Put that one in your diaries a week before my birthday. If you fancy getting me a couple of tickets, Gareth, I'd really appreciate it. All right. You've been listening to Fight Night Extra here on Talksport. 2. Great show today. I must say so myself. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for downloading our Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're back every single Tuesday for more great content. And if you miss us, make sure you subscribe to Fight Night to catch up on all our other episodes.